prayer and healing school. Uh, but we're learning, as we learn about uh, healing in the Bible, we're learning about different ways to pray for healing, different ways, uh, because prayer is simply um, communication with God. That's what prayer is, is communication or conversation with God. And so if we can learn how to, um, re- different ways to receive healing, then we can learn the different ways to communicate with God. Um, and one of the first things for communication for, for good communication, for receiving anything from anybody, is knowing that it's their will for you to have what they have. You know, um, you know, if, if you want something from somebody, but you don't know if they're willing for you to have it or not, how much you know, that changes the communication. So we want to, so we're, uh, by the direction of the Lord, we're going through the Bible, and we're looking at every account of healing that takes place, and we started... Um, in the Gospels, and we're comparing uh, the different healings in the Gospels, and we're actually in, this is our ninth week, ninth week of healing in the Gospels. We're um, coming down to, uh, we've only got a few more healings to look at in the Gospel of Matthew uh, before we conclude the Matthew, before we conclude Matthew. And then we'll go through Mark, Luke, and John, and look at any healings that we didn't look at when we were comparing them. Because there are some healings that not every that not all four Gospels contain. So there's some healings um, that are recorded in uh, Mark, Luke, and John that are not recorded in Matthew. Um, but we're coming close. We've only got one, two, three, uh, four, about six. Six more in Matthew to look at. We'll see how far we get in those six today, because um, these are kind of quick books. So we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Um, we've already prayed. We do a prayer before uh, we do service. Um, we're praying for people that need healing. Um, we're praying for people... You know, in, in, in that case, if we know specific people that need prayer for specific things, then we pray specifically for them. So if you listen to us online um, and you have a specific need, well, then reach out to us. Reach out to us on Facebook or through email. Um, you know, at, at, uh, you can email us at dhmmain at gmail.com or you can do it through our webpage at disciples.faith. And let us know specifically what healing you need, and we'll pray. And that's what we do before service. And we also, we also so we pray specifically for people, and then we also pray in general for people. And our prayer in general uh, this week has been that every, that every person comes to know and understand that it is God's will to heal every Amen. person every time. It's God's will that every person be healed every time. Now, there's, as we go through this series, we'll find out that there's some things that blockade, and we have found out that there's some things that blockade um, healing, uh, and, and, we'll, and we learn how to overcome those things. But even though you've got something that's blocking you from receiving healing, it's still God's will for you to be healed. For you to be healed. So we're going to get Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to pick up right here. Uh, well, we actually looked at this one last week. We did. 
We looked at Matthew 14 last week. That's right. I just want to go home. Well, that's one off the list. Woo! So, so uh, go back to listen to last week's message to find out about uh, the one in 14 and go to Matthew 15. I thought something looked weird. Go to Matthew 15 and we're going to pick up right here in verse 21. Prior to this, Jesus had been teaching in some different areas and uh, he finishes teaching and so we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 15 verse 21 and we're going to read. Then Jesus went thence and departed unto the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Very good. So, um, just a side note, he's a little echoey. It might be because mic's a little high. It might be back there. I don't know, but we've got an echo up here. So notice that Jesus had done some teaching, and then he left. And it appears that Jesus is just traveling. And this woman comes up to him out of Canaan and just begins to um, cry to him. Now, she's obviously worshiping him because this is worship language. She says, have mercy on me. She's asking for mercy. And she says, oh, Lord. Notice she said, oh, Lord. We talked this morning about what a Lord was. If you don't know what a Lord is, uh, you need to go back and get this morning's service. But um, so she basically what she was saying to Jesus was, um, you're, my, you're my Lord, you're my master. Now, this woman coming out of Canaan may or may not be a Jew. It doesn't specify here. And, uh, but, but it's interesting that she, that her child has a problem and isn't it interesting that she knows that the child's problem is that the child is vexed with the devil? The word vexed means possessed or afflicted or, um, or oppressed of a devil. She understands that what's afflicting her daughter is a demon. Now that brings us to a, to a really interesting point. A lot of time, people don't think of this. We said this this morning. Um, that uh, when a child is born, they're born onto God. And until they reach the age of accountability, they belong to God. Now, this was her child, her daughter, her child, so to speak, and yet um, she's vexed with the devil. Is it possible that children who still belong to God become under the control of a demon? It is possible. Kenneth Hagin talked about um, when he was um, pastoring, um, he had an invitation to go to the Mormon temple. They had just built the big Mormon temple out there in Utah. Um, and so they had just built this big temple and they had, uh, and they were showing it off, you know, um, how much do you know, and I'm not being ugly to Mormons, if you're a Mormon, then you need to get the right Jesus, not the false Jesus. But I don't have anything against you personally. Um, but, you know, the devil's very welcoming and very inviting. And so, uh, to be cordial and what have you, peak of curiosity, uh, the, the, the Mormons had invited ministers from all over to come and do this welcome house uh, to come do this tour through the temple that they had built to their God. 
And um, so they went. So Dad Hagen um, went, uh, you know, ministers had this invitation. So he goes, and he actually took his son with him. He actually took uh, Ken Jr. with him. At this time, Ken Jr. is a child. And uh, so they're walking, and they're, they're, not doing, they're not bowing down. They're not worshiping. They're not doing anything. They're just taking a tour of the temple. And uh, while they were there, Ken Jr., the child, came under the control of a demon and began to wallow on the ground and kind of act all kinds of crazy. And Ken Sr. had to cast the demon out of him. Now, that may sound crazy. And well, how did that happen? And even Dad Hagen didn't understand it. And so Dad Hagen went to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, I walk with you. I'm with you. My children are blessed and protected because I'm blessed and protected because I'm your servant. Like, what's happening here? And um, so he, uh, hey, guys, if it's not working right, just don't even worry about it. And uh, he said, um, so the Lord told him, he said, yeah, your son's blessed, and your son's under my protection, but you took your son on the devil's territory. And that allowed that demon to get a hold of your son, your child. So a lot of times as parents, we take our children into the devil's territory, not understanding that that opens the door to your children. So now we understand this is a Canaan woman. Maybe they, maybe she's taking her, and this is, you know, there's a lot of pagan stuff going on in this world. Probably somehow she's taking this child into the devil's territory. And something's happened to this child. Um, and, and I'll say this, uh, the two times that we've dealt with demon manifestations in both situations, in both situations the demons entered when the children not as adults as children in both situations. Now, does that mean that's how a demon gets a hold of every person? No. In fact, most of the time, not at all. But in that particular, in those two particular families, the families served the devils, which meant the children were susceptible in those particular families. So if you raise your children with Christ, unless you take your children and put them on the devil's territory, you don't have anything to worry about. But if you're not raising your children with Christ, that's something to be concerned about. So, uh, let's continue to read here. Verse 23. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. Now, isn't that interesting? She's crying and she's calling in the Lord, and yet he didn't answer her. Do you know that sometimes Jesus won't answer you? Yeah. Is it because he's mad at you? Yeah. Is he disappointed? Maybe. I just told Brandon the other day, I said, or uh, I, was, I think it was Brandon, maybe it was Derek I was talking to. I said, you know, I said, there's been times that I told the Lord, Lord, I'll go do that, and then I don't do it. And uh, all of a sudden, my conversations with the Lord get real quiet. Because he's like, so waiting on you to do what I told you to do. I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> you know? So, you know, so, so, uh, he was just real quiet. Now, does that mean she did something wrong? No, because sometimes the Lord will be silent waiting for you to ask the right question. He's waiting for the right question. Because God's a perfect gentleman, and he won't tell you anything or do anything for you unless you ask him to. Or for you to get the right answer. Or he may be waiting for the right answer. 
All right, so let's read. Verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now isn't that interesting? His disciples said, um, Lord, tell her to go away. But the disciples said, Lord, she's crying after us. She's making a scene. She's making a spectacle of us. Tell her to go away. So right here we also learn that obviously she's not a Jew because she's not, um, she's not one of the sheep of the house of Israel. Right. And Jesus, Jesus didn't answer her, but he answered them. And he said, I am not sent. Who sent Jesus? The Father God. And he said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is walking the earth? Um, he's the Messiah of the Jews, and yet he said, I'm here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he didn't come because the Jews had it all together. He came because the Jews were missing it. He came because the Jews were missing it, a lot of them. And he said, uh, so he, he, uh, he, said, he said, I'm not here uh, 